Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. Sorry for the little break, but I needed to take a little rest from the mental, emotional drama I had um, this these past couple weeks. Um, but we're back, we're all good again, and we're ready to talk the shit again. So, with that being said, um, we're talking about something that everyone is always talking about. Dating. So terrible, right? Especially in 2023. And as a girly who, I've taken a big break from dating, I'd say, but as someone who's dated in LA, ugh, yeah, I like to say you just learn lessons, you don't find love out here. But nevertheless, there's a couple things I've picked up um, as I've been kind of digging through these parts of internalized misogyny within myself and how it kind of affected the way I viewed myself and through being able to like strip those layers and understand why I thought those tried to like um, be like fit that wet image, you know, like that male gaze image. And also just what I've observed by being a woman in dating and how I'm being perceived by men and what men seem to like the commonalities I've seen like throughout dating and especially living out in LA, like there's a wide variety but around the same genre, I'd say, type of guys, at least through my experience, but whatever, to each their own. But I especially wanted to touch on this topic because I found it especially interesting because I moved here completely new, like from my hometown, like I don't know anyone out here other than me. So the fact that it kind of feels like a complete fresh start, it's really freeing, but it also is kind of weird and it made me realize how much of my identity was attached to my parents or a male figure to say and whether it be like through my friend group or like through my father my brother like there was always some sort of man i was attached to like identify to be identified with so being in la like i'm my own person like no one out here knows who any of those people are and for myself it's like i know how i'm being treated when I'm around these guys, because they do fit this male gaze image of these big brooding kind of ma- like masculine men. So when I'm around them, I know how I'm treated more like respectfully, you could say. So when I'm out here in LA and I'm like just walking through the streets or just living my life or even on TikTok, it's like how men treat me is completely different compared to when I am with one of my male um, people in my life. Um, I can't think of the word right now, but so that's what I kind of want to talk about today because I think it's interesting as being a woman who's been perceived through the male gaze, like on the man side, like being viewed as a man's property in that sense, but also as uh, like independently, but also talking about the pick me's and leaning into what is a pick me and why we need to fu- stop fucking doing it. All right, ladies, like, oh, we're gonna get into it, but we're all guilty of it, all right? We couldn't help it. It's the patriarchy, it's society. Like, we can't help it. We're all victims of misogyny and having in the internalized misogyny that we probably grew up with, inter- like, unconsciously, but we could only do better. So let's just keep moving forward with it. So with that being said, Starting off with that, growing up in the male gaze, 
um, I just want to touch on what the male gaze is. It's like the masculine, like what men view as the ideal version of like a manly man. So like that kind of like warrior, protector, provider, like very heteronormative standards, right? And that's why like whenever anyone like questions it or like there's those like, um, like even with style, like I think style is a great way to show how gender is just a construct because a shirt is a shirt, jeans are jeans. I thrift my clothes all the time and I shop in the men's section, I shop in the women's section. Like it doesn't make a difference because if I like how it fits my body, I'm gonna wear it. I don't give a fuck what it's labeled as. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that and it's kind of beautiful how fashion is a way of self-expression and how there is so many people that I, no matter what gender they identify as, if they identify as any, there is always a way to express yourself and express what makes you happy and what makes you feel beautiful through your style. And that's one of the reasons why I love living in LA so much, because that is something that is so, it's so much more appreciated, I think, versus say like growing up even in the Midwest where Chicago is even a big city. Like the style there is even completely night and day than how it is in New York and, and in LA, um, where I just feel like it is more. But I'm getting a bit off topic. The point being that fashion and self-expression can be fluid versus there is one specific correct way of behaving and being perceived as the ideal manly man, okay? And a lot of men in my life, like I said before, fit that standard image. I've had friends, my dad fits it, my relatives fit it, my own brother fits it. And it is very eye-opening to see like the treatment how when I'm with them versus when I'm alone or I'm with my friends or people that don't fit that manly man image. And when I'm, I was growing up, I actually had two like father figures. I had my dad who fits that very much like mafia style, like tough guy, Dago, Chicago guy. And I grew up with my papa who is an immigrant from India and there was a lot of racism that I witnessed with how he was treated and even how people perceived me with him and being viewed as his daughter or being a white girl paired with him and people would call him like a black man or a colored man and it was, it almost felt unsettling because there was a certain tone of disgust when I was with my papa versus when I was with my dad or, or even with my brother and my other friends where it was more of a appeal to it you could say like there was a yearn for their attention which I like I love Drew Follows videos I know I mention her all the time but I do love her videos because it called me out on my on the internalized misogyny that I had within me, myself and helped me recognize that and it's helped me incredibly like move forward with feeling better and building my confidence because being a woman in this world we've seen it in the Barbie movie how much we feel we're stripped of our identity in our right to just be a woman and knowing we are capable and worthy and not understanding that we don't have to settle to fit what our, we want our goals to be and fit what we want our life to be like. We feel like we have to sacrifice our happiness, what we felt like we deserve of what we always wanted to have for ourselves. We may feel like, well, I guess this is fine or well, I guess this is okay for now. And you're just constantly like wanting the next best thing to move forward. And maybe you just feel stuck. So in that stuck, you just feel, you know, age is the only thing you can't stop. So why not just settle with time? Which I understand that, like 
certain things you can't wait for but you always deserve to be treated with respect and the fact that nowadays especially dating in LA the bare minimum of wanting respect is kind of dog shit it's really a lot to ask for and it's how I like to put it it's like if you're if you want to set the bar if you want these guys to reach you got to dig a hole because that's where the standards have been so if you want them to reach, it's like you gotta dig a hole so they have to they have something to jump for. It's fucking embarrassing. And I think that's why it's important to call these men out and these horrible men out on the shit they're saying about women and how they treat their women and that like I know there's that meme that was going around about that, oh, you know that phase when you're getting sick of your girlfriend? It's just bullshit. It's like, dude, why are you with her then? Like if you like if you don't like someone, you don't have to be with them. No one is like holding you at gunpoint to be with this person. So if there and also if there's a problem in your relationship, communicate that. And it, communication is key in any relationship, but the fact that it is shamed too by men that that women like to overly communicate, but yet they say shit like this with their boys in the group chat who by the way, the guys that say that don't even have a bitch to complain about. So, and by bitch, I mean daddy. You get it. <laughs> we do not hate women on this channel. This is a not. This is a pro women's channel. Anyways, the way I'm be the way I'm like kind of being saying is is I feel like I've been around that locker room talk a lot of my life and hearing how men speak to my dad, speak around my dad, speak to my brother, around my brother, my boyfriend, my friends, like. The men I've been with, like, I'm used to hearing how they talk about women with their bros. And it's like, I just thought that, and that's like the pick me and me that I grew up with is like knowing how men talk about women behind our back, their back and kind of kind of always keeping it in mind, even though they, I technically, they viewed me as property to whichever man I was with. So they, I was excluded from that, of course, right? Like not me. But it's because too, I think I did kind of like, just kind of sat back. Like, I'm not gonna want to be a part of this. Like I, like, it just felt like there was no right way to act from my perspective because I did hang out with those different groups and there was no right way to be because they all each had a preference. So it's like, what the fuck did it matter? And the other thing that always got me, especially with some of the, some guys um, with my dad, Cause my dad is big. He's a six, four guy. He's like three something. Like he is big and he, he literally looks like John Gotti. And anyways, that's kind of like the reputation he holds. So I've seen guys like beg for my dad's attention and approval. Like I've seen guys buy him drinks, buy him dinner, like get him things. So they're like, like they're pick, they're like pick me to my dad and seeing a grown man do that as a, a child it really sets a tone for what a man is and like as I get older and seeing me like being more like in the adult environment where I'm like working with people like this and more getting a tone that oh my god like you're like a guy that would obsess over my dad and that's a standard I started setting for myself when I started dating it was if you start obsessing over my dad, like if you are obsessing over my dad's approval of you, you we're done. Like it's over. Cause I don't want a guy who's such a pick me bitch that he cares more about my dad's opinion about him over than my own and wants to be that much of a love me, pick me, choose me 
to a guy who is barely going to give him the time of day. Now, doesn't that sound familiar, ladies? <laughs> it's funny how it comes full circle, but yet it's so non-homo, bro. <laughs> but uh, this is where I started to see the mirroring within myself when I was like dating and like hooking up and like having my little fun out here. But it's, that's like what with the started realizing was that was the pattern that I was seeing is I was trying so hard for these guys to like me or to be these different versions of myself for them that it wasn't being authentically myself. I was being like of like fantasy really. Like it was, it's not secure. It's not you. It's not authentic. And I think that's something that being a people pleaser too, that's tied to this of course with the misogyny too, and just wanting to be loved and approved of. And that being tied within childhood trauma, again, of needing, of not having that love or feeling loved has to be earned. Again, you could really keep, we could keep going down the rabbit hole. So I'm really going to try to stay on topic, but again, it's a lot going in much deeper than the surface. And I think that's why when we go through breakups, all these, like the, they're so painful for a reason. It's like these deep rooted wounds. And I say this a lot, but Trauma happens to all of us. It's We're not immune to it. It's a part of life. It's why people say life sucks, but it's also the way you respond to trauma and the way you can almost learn from it and grow from it, I think. And I, I think that's kind of a way where love is really beautiful and in a way the loss of love can be very beautiful, like where grief is. And I, I've heard someone define grief that way and being the loss of love or where love used to take place. And I think that is kind of powerful because it shows that the reason it hurts so much is because it once loved so much. I actually think that was from South Park, not going to lie. But it's true. Like, it, this message still stands. Where love was and it was taken away, it, it's an emotional pain that is still so deeply rooted in something else that's connected to an open wound that needs you to tend to it and heal like any wound, like a scrape on your knee when you fall off a bike. But again, I'm trying to stay on topic. But anyways, the way I would see how some of these men would flaunt themselves at my dad and like go out of their way to like, even like how their tone would shift their body language, like puff up their chest and like try to stand as tall as they could with their little like five, six shoe with their shoe inserts in. Like, uh, like it was like, it just felt like a complete like Michael Scott moment. And I'm just like, this is... Like, I'm just like, is this really happening? Like, I was kind of just like looking at it. I was like, that's kind of embarrassing. Like, whatever. But it also showed me like the lengths they would go when they want some, when they like really want you to like them, you know, because they're being a pick me, which I find interesting because I recently posted a TikTok video, just giving a little silly little dating advice um, for the girlies, you know, just collecting the drinks at the bars, like get your free drinks, ladies especially if you're on a date and he doesn't want to pay for you. Like, anyways, it was a whole thing. If you want to check it out, follow me on TikTok. But the way all these terrible men, of course, just came for me in the comments of being like, you're so dependent on a man. Like, you're just a mooch. Are you just using men for your money? And I'm like, now why are you mad how another man spends his money? If I ask if he wants to buy me a drink and he says yes, that's the transaction. He agreed to the drink, nothing more. I don't owe him sex. I don't owe him a conversation. I don't owe him dinner. I asked for a drink. He said yes. He asked for nothing in return. It's simple as that. 
And a lot of guys do just enjoy doing that and simply splurging on something for a woman. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And my dad taught me that too while I was growing up. Like even like all the guys I was with, like growing up, that's like the standard it set was that's how you treat a woman. That's how you respect a woman. And almost like how a woman should be respected to a degree. We'll get there in a minute. (laughs) But overall, that was like the way I saw how other men, men treated my dad and the way my dad treated me around them. It definitely set, like, I felt like mafia princess over here. So that's like the tone it's kind of set for me growing up. In opposition, mafia princess also means that dad has a temper, which my dad being a very large brooding man, when he loses his temper, can get a little scary. But since that's like my baseline of childhood, I never really like viewed it as scary. It just kind of felt like as like Hades blowing up in the underworld, like in the Hercules Disney movies. And I kind of like disassociated sometimes, like you can really tell where my BPD really started setting in. But I would like disassociate and I would like often like drift off and imagine his head on like a tomato or like in a bowl of alphabet soup or some shit. Like something that would kind of like make me giggle a little bit on the inside to protect myself from the trauma. But that being said too, like the way I've seen my dad react, it does seem like a very much like that's the scariest I felt. So anytime I've seen another man have like a bitch fit like that, it looks like a baby having a fit, like a toddler. Because my dad's huge. So my dad to me is like the biggest person I know and like the, like a giant. And so having like, seeing like little five, six men, like a little five, ten, six foot quote unquote guys kicking and screaming like at the bars and shit like at, like over the football field football teams like losing and shit or even guys that would try to like square up against my dad out of our fight i'm like this is embarrassing this looks so embarrassing because i'm a tall girl too i'm six foot recently measured i'm six foot i'm taller than most guys i know that and i'm not like i don't judge by height i'll date anyone shorter than me i'm purely like if you're funny and you have a good personality and you treat me with respect, I'll like you and we'll, I'll probably hang out with you and go out with you. But if you're terrible and you're gonna disrespect me and you're not gonna treat me like a, like with the respect of a human being, yeah, probably not gonna be a vibe. Or you're gonna make me want, like question myself? No, no. But it just sets the tone for fragile masculinity and also the misogyny and how women are just made to make themselves less than to accommodate this man's rage and his tantrums and like clean up after him when he's rageful and made and like just know you may not get an apology and have to understand why that reaction and like almost justify him for that reaction because i've within my own family dynamic i've seen that pattern and how a man's actions of something of doing something like that are justified without him having to explain himself versus a woman having to do that and her having to be an advocate for herself versus having other people advocate for her. And even my brother's generation, he's in his early 20s and there's like another genre of men that kind of flock to him for his attention and kind of try to want to like get his approval because he is that big guy. He is like kind of that guy, but it's like a new generation of guys that swarm with him that I'm used to seeing with my dad and like even other friends I have where it's it's interesting to see like how I'm used to like seeing that group like at bars out here and, and um, just how it's 
different, but like, again, in how the treatment is with when I'm with my brother versus when I'm by myself, or even just how I see them interact with my brother versus how they interact with me. Like, do you want to be with me or do you want to be with my brother? Like, is which is it, babes? Because I'm kind of confused. And that's the same thing with my, I thought with my dad. It's like, do you want to just kiss him on the lips? Because it really seems like it. And that's the funny thing. Like, when I, the way I would like hear these guys talk about their wives or talk about their girlfriends and the way they talk about like the person I'm with, like the man I'm with, I'm like, I genuinely believe you love my father or my, like whoever I'm with more than you love your wife. I full heartedly believe that, which, Hey, you know what? But like, if that's it, like, yeah, hell yeah, go for it. But that's the thing too. It's like, they're also homophobic or right. Like they're just the worst people. They are like, just believe in those hetero straight, like, uh, cr- like conservative norms. And it's like, that's no, no, we're, we're evolving. We should want to evolve from that and be more than that. Cause like human beings are so silly and unique little people. And I think that's, what's cool about life and discovering yourself is you really are a re- incredibly unique individual and you really don't know how unique and special you are until you allow yourself to acknowledge those parts of you. And when you suppress yourself by trying to conform yourself to these idealized values of what a woman or what a person should and should not be can and cannot love, it's, it's really just fucked up because it limits your self-expression. It limits your self-worth and it almost limits the art we express into the world and the love we put out in the world. Which I think is kind of depressing, honestly. Especially that's the one thing we can control is how much love we put out in the world. And something I like to tell myself every day is like, even on days when it's like extremely hard and I feel like, especially if it's something, I try really hard not to set my, like set productivity to my sense of self-worth. That's something I've really been trying to work on with in therapy. But on days where I really feel discouraged from that, I just tell myself that, you know what, if anything, I could choose to just love myself a little bit more every day. And doing that, it's like even just talking to myself kinder and just being like, you know what, it's fine. It's been a hard day. We could try again tomorrow. Put on like a chill song, get a drink, go get dinner, take a bath, like whatever I need to do to just like be like, you know what, the day is done. We're going to try again tomorrow. We'll do it. And just move forward. And it's choosing that you're not going to be hard on yourself because if you're not going to get something done, you're already discouraged. Being harder on yourself isn't going to make it done any faster. And I, I'm someone that's like work has worked through burnout and had excessive burnout. That's something that I would always do is push myself and push myself and push myself. Like there was never a limit where I could allow myself to rest. So when I was so this is something very new to me where I'm being gentler with myself and talking to myself kinder and really knowing my limit and knowing when I need to take a step back and take care of myself and really understanding what my needs are emotionally, mentally, physically, and attaining to those first and coming back to whatever the task is. Because if I'm not going to be mentally hundred percent, especially when my job is about mental health and is and requires me to have mental clarity to talk about it. It, I don't want to be hypocritical in the things I talk about and I want to be authentic in what I say and how, in the way I say it, because I know I've lived it and I know I want to share that way with every, with like this channel. And that's why I created it. So wanting to explain that the way I experienced it 
as clearly as I can is crucial. So that's why I want to prioritize myself and my needs so I could take care of myself and give the, this podcast 100% and give my job 100% again. And again, then knowing when to stuff, take a step back and refill my cup, as you could say. Reeling it back in a little bit. That being said, beauty is objective. So there's not one way to be beautiful. You are not going to be beautiful because you check certain boxes. Misogyny will tell you you will, but it's a false belief because it is going to change. You're never going to be skinny enough, pretty enough, thin enough, curvy enough, have the biggest, whatever. It's never going to be enough because that's how life is. There's always going to be a new standard, a new bar to set that you're going to have to reach. And it's, that's just life is. And it's always going to change depending on the person. I'm going to think my, something is beautiful that could be different than someone else. And again, there's so many ways to be beautiful because there's so many ways to express that beauty that's within you. And because of how different people are, there's so many different ways to be beautiful. And just like how we attract certain people in our lives, people are going to find us beautiful because we attract those people in our lives. Because those people are going to like us for us. Not but because of we're showing things they want to see or that we think we should associate with. Because something I always think about is how we idealize and almost fantasize about this right way to be with waking up early and working out and having a green juice and having these... Uh, it, I used to be a gym rat. Let me tell you, I from age 12 to 23... 23, 24, I was a gym rat. I was a gym rat. I would go at least every other day. I'd go eight miles minimum and I would work my ass off in the gym either at late at night or at like five, four in the morning, sometimes earlier. And I would sweat my little booty off because I was like, this is, this is me being productive. I'm getting my life together. And like, I just, like, just because I had this idea of being this gym rat and going to the gym and like worrying about macros, micros, calories, and protein levels and all that shit, like I was so focused on making sure I was doing fitness right and I was being healthy, quote unquote, that I wasn't even focusing on what I was really struggling with internally and what my really, what my real insecurities I needed to work on and that the gym was a way for me to obsess over instead of my feelings that I needed to feel or that I needed to express and talk about and really figure out and not worry about what my new gain goals were. And the, even the way I was doing it, it was extremely unhealthy. So I'm not, I don't want to talk about it too much on here because I don't want to promote that. But it just showed how now that's something I, with TikTok, I think, and I, I'm not shaming that at all. If I think it is a, a great way for people to kind of help reset themselves and get themselves on a healthy schedule and introduce health and exercise into their lives. My, my journey is completely different than that. But so I'm, if that works for you, I applaud it full 100%. But I'm just saying that I tr I've done it. I've done it. So I'm not looking to hear how I need to do it or try again. Cause I've done it. I gave it a good try. I gave it a good chunk of my life. And I I'm just saying it's not for me. It's not for me at this stage. Maybe it will be again, but for now I know it's not for me. So that's where I am in that. And just saying that because that's not my right way of being, that doesn't mean it doesn't work for somebody else. Cause that just shows that there are multiple ways of living and behaving and acting but still doing it healthy 
again, if that's a healthy thing to do, I'm not unhealthy by not doing that. Just like someone is like healthier than I am by doing it in their life. It's just the balance that we hold in our lives that we make room for those things for where, and we don't for others because that's how our lives work and we're different people and we're meant to operate differently, especially neurodivergence with, with, oh my God, especially with neurodivergence is what I meant to say. So if a man ever has an opinion about how you look, babes, please do not take it personal because nine out of 10 times he's probably in love with his bestie. We're gonna move on to sisterhood. More importantly, girlhood. Something I love so much because that's what the summer I feel like has been so much about and with the Barbie movie and just expression and how, just how fun it is to be a girl and how special girls really are because with everything we've been put through and how much shit we've dealt with with all this internalized misogyny and fatphobia and how all these things of people telling us all these things we need to be more of less than and needing to be this perfect image and yada 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 it's it's infuriating and it's exhausting and i'm so happy that we're finally all in this era where we're just like fuck everything and i want to heal so i could be happy because the fact that basic happiness is something we're just realizing we're all worthy of is sad but also empowering because now it's like we know what we're worth and that's why i'm so passionate about girls taking responsibility like taking ownership of their worth and knowing like no i do deserve better than a shit guy just treating me like shit and i'm just sticking with him because i think i love him because the the bar is so low for me and even like through with like generational trauma and the way mental health has been and these mental and like how misogyny has treated men over women and how we're now adults seeing that those consequences of it it's in entitlement is so clear in men versus women and how it's just in just in just how women act like especially in dates and how women like girls to get ready for a date do y'all know the hours of preparation that go into a girl getting ready for a date the makeup the hair the skin prep the showering the outfit pick out like it's a process and a guy maybe will shower maybe sometimes it's just deodorant it's it's really a hit or miss a good guy would actually get ready but who knows we all we know it's so limited and as we know the bar is low it's very low there is one story from um am i the asshole i will never get out of my head and it is the story of this girl whose boyfriend boyfriend would leave skid marks on her white bed sheets when he would sleep on her bed like get off her bed naked because he wouldn't wash his asshole how fucking foul is that and also a grown man a grown man like this man could buy alcohol but doesn't know how to wipe his ass you remember that scene from big daddy where the big kid goes but i can wipe my own ass sonny yeah this bitch couldn't he couldn't what the fuck and she still stayed with him it pisses me off so time because i could not fathom going that long in my life look it's just foul that's disgusting and not one person having to say it to you because i feel like you would be you would have to be bullied you would have to be bullied by a sibling by a like a parent would have to bully you in that situation and the fact that that hadn't even happened just shows again how once again a man's actions are accommodated for to just be made norm be the norm when it's fucking foul and should be called out on 
again, it's just another action that's foul and not right. And just because no one else called you out on it before or because it's something your bros do too, doesn't mean it's right. And you should be fucking embarrassed by that. So whenever, anyways, whenever it comes full circle and you hear a man who has a terrible man especially, who has an opinion about you that's negative and tries to hurt your feelings, just know he probably hypes up the same bro who will leave skid marks on his girlfriend's bed sheets. If not, he's probably leaving skid marks on his own. So just, just keep that in mind. Because you know it, you know they just look like it. Where they look like that they just, they're just too cheeseball greasy. You know? Like, that's like a genre, I feel like. It's like a certain level of gas station chip grease that you consume on a regular basis that I just, I just disrespect to my, with my full chest. But I understand not everyone agrees with me. Some, some girlies are about that. They want to be that male gaze image. And that's why we call them the pick me's. Now, this is no direct hate to the pick me's because to some degree, we were all a pick me at some point. I hate to say it, but it's true. We're all guilty of it. It's just the way we were raised. We want to feel loved. And in order to feel loved, you want to just chase this image of what people love, which because of how capitalism, capitalism works, that's the male gaze because that's what pays. But women, we are, part of growing up, I feel, is acknowledging your pick me and just doing better. And I think that's just the best we could do. But let's start from the bottom. What is a pick me? Now I'm just gonna start with, this is just my definition of it. I think a pick me is a woman that just fits the ideal male gaze, either in looks or how she behaves and either liking things that are typical like masculine likes and doing it more so for attention and not because you have that genuine interest, but you're like just liking it because a guy you like likes it. So if you're saying like, oh, I like football because football, drinking beer, be, or like what I put being gross down because I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if you're overly like involving in burping, farting, like certain things like that to really be one of the guys, it gives off that same kind of vibe. Whether you want it to be for a, attraction or whatever, just to fit in. I think it kind of fits in with both scenarios of a pick me. I guess that's another interesting point that there are different types of pick me's, whether it be for friendships, companionship, partnership, friend, like whatever. I, I think it just it still though, it makes you wanna appeal more to their interests versus being loyal and true to yourself and what you actually like. Like if you actually like beer and you actually like sports, like I'm not saying pretend you don't like that, uh, like be true to you. My pick me trait for instance was saying I, was obs I liked hockey. I thought hockey was like more interesting to watch than other sports. But I pretended I was diehard a Chicago Blackhawks fan. I knew who two players were. And the only reason I knew who they were was because my dad bought me a jersey and those were the names on the jerseys, or two jerseys. But I had no fucking idea, but I played into it that I loved hockey and that hockey was like my favorite sport. I knew all about it. I like picked up a few terms to play into it. No idea. No fucking idea. And I own that now. I actually still have the jerseys to this day, but I chip chopped them up and now they're just for fashion. But hey, that's something I acknowledge. I grew out of and I can own up to it. I'm not walk watching hockey games, but that was a phase of my life. I could say I lived in and moved on from and survived that pick me bitch energy. Another thing I think is kind of also fits into that, that 
I was on that I did was kind of partying harder. Like I would, I was like a girl who was like, I could hold my liquor. I could take a lot of shots. I couldn't hold my liquor that well, but I could take a shot and not be a bitch about it. And I did like flaunt that. But again, I think that was very pick me where I was like, I could hold my liquor like the guys. I'd not drink beer though. But again, pick me, like pick me is again, to each their own. So it's a, it's generalization, but the most common, this is, I think is the most grimiest trait about a pick me is not being a girl's girl or shaming other women. That shit is disgusting because the shit we put up with as men, this is why, this is what pisses me off about misogyny the most is it doesn't, it's not just guys hating women. It's men and women hating on women because it's the pick me's, the guys with the girl against the girlies who are just like, I just want to be treated with love and respect. So what the fuck? Why, why is that so hard? What, why is that so hard for me to ask? And, and it's just only like, like lights their, like lights their fire higher, I guess you could say where it's, they're almost, they're like enforcing that idea of like who they are and them like wanting these like what women should be. And I don't, it's just fucking foul when they don't even like him at the end of the day. Cause if it's a pick me, who's with a guy and he's like talking shit about her and saying that shit, like, man, you know, the phase you just sick of your girlfriend, like girl, come on. Like, let's, let's come on, take off the rose colored glasses and let's acknowledge the flags here. Let's acknowledge the, ro- the red flags here. Oh my God. I'm just, that's why I just want to say like, know your worth girl. Because women put up with so much shit on a day-to-day already. And the wage gap alone, ladies. Like, come on. The list just goes on and on. And the shit we just have to put up with as women. We're, one, out of just out of life. And just because out of pure, pure safety of our own general well-being. Because we know how much we have to fear for our own safety. And it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And it's it makes me so angry and frustrated. And I'm just, I'm not going to get into a tantrum in that today. But I'm just saying, keep in mind all the shit women put up with and have put up with and continue to put up with, whether it be we're for fear of our general well-being, for wanting to just be treated like a fucking human being, or just not be treated like, you know, a sex toy all the time. It's like, you know what, I would like to just have a conversation every now and then, get dinner, talk, like whatever. But that's what I just mean is you are worth more than these guys give you in and how not only do you deserve to just genuinely be treated like a human being, but you deserve to be treated at the standard that he respects the guy's the guy whose name he wears on the jersey every Sunday night. I think I hope I said that right. But the way these men praise the other men and they treat girls who I'm sorry, how did you get here again? Yeah. That's not saying bite, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, like what the fuck? That is, this is like full circle. It's like, these men are idiots. They're just dumb. They're silly. They're stupid. And hopefully they'll learn one day, but we can't force them. So let's just, let, let's let natural selection take course. So the best we could do, ladies, don't settle. All right, that's gonna be it for this week. Thank y'all so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating. And let me know what other kind of episodes you would like to see. I'm going to link my socials below for TikTok and Instagram. So follow me there. 
And if you want to book a one-on-one with me with coaching, you could book a one-on-one either through my website or by sending me an email. But yeah, that's going to be it for this week, guys. I love you all so much. Thank you again so much for listening. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.